episode nine. Episode nine. That's right. Um, it's been a it's been a long week. So um, yeah, but we are back here and uh, Matt Chase. It has been a. It got. It was warm. It got real warm and then it got real cold. So has the mood fluctuated with the weather? Yeah. Um, you know, it was a real great three days of paradise, man. I was really happy. And then, you know, today, past few days, it goes back to 30 degrees and snowing. So yeah, can't do much about it, but it was nice for a little three-day stretch. Yeah, nothing's been more depressing than watching a spring training game and then going to your own practice, but having to put a jacket on. Oh, yeah. So that that's been you know well, and if you're soft like me you have to wear like five layers so you know yeah, and especially when you don't have a navy blue sweatshirt and then you've uh, you so. know we we don't want to irk any coaches out there, so. <laughs> yeah that's right we can't be irking anyone um yeah it has been a it's been a rip-roaring week with with college baseball there have been some freaking awesome games going on and um we're going to give you, you know, we'll go through, make sure also for anyone who's still listening at this point, and hopefully you are, cause we haven't said anything <laughs> baseball related, but uh, we have an Instagram account and that is just at infield dirt on Instagram. Uh, we give some, you know, we post some major league statistics on there, but mostly we go, we give our college, um, we'll go a pit. We do a pitcher of the week. We'll do a player of the week, usually a hitter. And then um, we'll do our top five rankings. And uh, we, we have a new segment that I think we'll start with for now. I don't know if, if you have a different one, but um, call this our stupid statistic of the week. This can be good or bad. So say a guy's 0 for 12, you could say that. That's pretty stupid. But for mine, I the one that I picked this week, and, and like I said, you might have the same one. Um, I've got a good one. Landon Sims, who was actually nice enough to like the picture on. I kind of, great you know, guy. what a great what a great moment. This is the little stuff that we fanboy out on Oh yeah, uh, nowadays, but um, Landon Sims, who is he's like, he's kind of the closer. He's a relief guy for Mississippi state. Yep. Um, he's got 30 strikeouts in 11 and two thirds innings. I don't know if that's good. Um, that's pretty stupid. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know, we, we know that strikeouts are at an all time high right now. But that's just – that's awesome. Um, yeah. No, that, that's pretty pretty electric right there. Oh, my God. And, and like, I, I was watching – I mean, those are that's – vi- that's video game numbers is what that is. And it's just, like, he's got a .77 ERA. He's given up one earned run in those 11 innings. And, I mean, I don't know what his strikeout-to-walk ratio is, but I'm sure it's – I'm sure that's That'd be very pretty good. And also his, I want to, I want to know what his strikeouts per nine innings are. I don't know how you calculate that, but I'm going to yeah. have to figure that out and do it. But um, my God. Uh, yeah. My, uh, my stupid stats yeah, of the week were, um, were two different individual pitchers. They oh, are both okay. very popular in college baseball. One, Mr. Kumar Rocker. He has now pitched four games, all starts. He's 4-0. He has yet to give up an earned run in 23 innings. He has 34 strikeouts to eight walks and eight hits, and his opponents are batting 105 or 108, actually, which is pretty insane. And then 
The guy that they run out there for the second game of, of a, a weekend series, Mr. Jack Leiter, he is also 4-0 with a .45 ERA. So he's doing a little shaky compared to Kumar. <laughs> he's got 20 innings pitched, 33 strikeouts, 10 walks. Opponents are hitting 108 against him as well. So he's doing pretty good. Not as good as Kumar, but right. both some pretty stupid stats. I was going to say, those are both very, very stupid. Um, that two-headed monster that they have over there at Vanderbilt is and, and the fact that this weekend um, uh, UTSA had to play them both had to face both of them in a double header. So you mm. had to face Kumar and Jack Leiter on the same day. That's brutal. You, yeah. I mean, come on. I'd rather play in the snow. That's unbelievable. I think, I think they played Oklahoma state a few weeks ago and it was at Oklahoma state and Oklahoma state's ranked, I think at the time, like 12th in the country. Yeah. And it was double header on a Saturday. So Kumar and Jack pitched the two games and they didn't score a single run for the two games, which um, one is very depressing for Oklahoma state. But I mean, to, to not, I mean, they, they do this like every time they pitch, Yeah, you know, they, they've given up one run in 43 innings combined. That's, that's just insane. And obviously that's most likely not going to continue, but um, still, that's one of the greatest college pitching duos ever. You know, it's got to be the, up there with Bauer and Cole. I was going to say, it's got to be the best since Bauer and, and, uh, and Cole for sure. Yeah. Um, I was wondering this and I'm curious to see what you think, but Kumar rocker. Do you think that his stuff plays in the big leagues right now? Uh, yeah. I think he's been a big league starting pitcher since his freshman year at Vanderbilt. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, so too. And I remember too, he he was supposed to be like 1-1 one, one coming out of high school. Yeah, he was projected to be number three, I believe. And then he hurt his back. In the right, okay. Year. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, I've been watching him pitch since he was in high school. And I think he's he's my year. Yep, he's a junior. Which we talked about this a couple episodes ago but just like watching him pitch and then just being like oh he's the same age as me um but like yeah he's i i I honestly think his slider is is a plus pitch obviously his fastball is a plus pitch um i mean he's been getting guys out with just those two pitches and And he's starting to add in a change up this year which if he were to get a change up watch out that would be devastating he yeah i mean really just and and you saw too and i'm not i'm not trying to compare him to Jacob deGrom necessarily, but you see what Jacob deGrom does with a slider and a, and a fastball. I mean, yeah. Kumar can throw, I'm, has he hit a hundred in a game yet? I mean, uh, not like I don't think so. He, he gets enough, up to like 98. Yeah. Not like that's not good enough, but I yeah. mean, but his stuff, like when he, he's one of those guys where he must have just ridiculous spin rate because he can, it looks like his ball has another foot. That, that game he pitched his freshman year against Duke in the Super Regionals yeah. where he threw a perfect game, or I think it was a no-hitter. It was a no-hitter. no-hitter yeah. 19 strikeouts. That's the best pitch game I've ever seen. Yeah. I think from the fifth inning on, I don't think Duke even fouled the ball off, which, I mean, and Duke was really good that year. It wasn't like Duke was some scrub team. Um, right. He, after watching that game, I, I said he could have, you know, he could have gone to the big leagues and had success right away. Um, yeah, I, I honestly think so too, which and, it'll be interesting to see though, because I, whoever drafts them, assuming it's either going to be the first or second pick, mm-hmm. um, either the pirates or I think like the tigers, I'm not sure who has second pick, um, what they do with them. 
they, you know, bring them right to the big leagues or if they, you know, what level they send them to. Yeah, it's true. It's tough. Be- well, the good thing is, and this was something I actually, I was watching a video about this the other day, but um, with, and it's, it's kind of obvious when you, when you think about it, but the reason, like you see a lot of these, um, a lot of these college pitchers and well, and college hitters too, for the most part, come up to the big leagues pretty quickly because when you think about it and um, there's a YouTube sh- uh, channel, Antonelli baseball, he's just, he does, I'm sure you've, you've probably seen a couple of them, but um, he was talking about the biggest, he went to wake forest. So it's very good school in the ACC conference. And he was kind of just talking about how um, for him, like the question was, what was the hardest thing about the minor leagues? And I guess what I, what I'm saying is, the hardest thing for him wasn't the competition going from Wake Forest to the minor league competition. Because if you think about it, you know, for the most part, in general, the best of the best college baseball players are playing in Division One college baseball. The best of the best of those players are usually ACC, SEC, Big Ten, like schools like that, those bigger schools. That's just how it is. Yeah. Um, so when you're fate, I mean, you're facing the best competition in college baseball, and then you got guys who play in the Cape Cod League, which is the best of all of it. So, I I think that that's the probably the reason why you see these guys move up so quickly. Um, they've already faced; they're basically facing big. You're facing the same guys, yeah. Yeah. So, but the funny thing is, you you know, we talk about you know, my, my stupid stat to move off this real quick. And you're two stupid guys. Um, talk about the strikeouts. They're not even, they're honestly not really even sniffing the top of the leaderboard. One guy, and we, we mentioned him on our Instagram, um, junior pitcher out of Ole Miss, Gunnar Hoagland. Yeah. He's 42 strikeouts in 23 and two thirds innings. He has been electric this year. Yeah, he's a guy that out of high school was going to be a first-round pick. I think he he was a first-round pick. Decided to go to Ole Miss. His freshman year, he struggled quite a bit, actually. Um, so I think he was 2-6, and six, had a 5-year really struggled. Last year, in the four games they played, was much better. And then this year, you're really seeing him blossom into a top pitcher in college, and I'm sure he'll be a first-rounder again. Yeah. Um, and when you watch him, I, I followed him for a few years now. Freshman year, he was like 88 to 91, and this year he's really taking a jump. He's like 92 to 95, sliders wipe out, um, and he's got really good control. I believe he's he, – I would be shocked if right now he has more than five walks in the 23 innings pitch. So he's a really yeah. good pitcher. Yeah, it's and it's in a, in a year where Ole Miss hasn't gotten what they thought they were going to get from Doug Nikhazy. He's not, he hasn't been bad necessarily, but he just he hasn't just, pitched his best, you know, baseball yet. Exactly. And so, and Gunnar Hoagland has really stepped up. So um, he's been a huge piece as to why Ole Miss is, is where they are now. Um, but speaking of that, when you talk about the rankings a little bit, we kind of gave ours a I, well, really it was mine. I forgot to, um, this, this was a dictatorship in terms of my, uh, <laughs> myself releasing the rankings but i want to go through it we'll go through like our top five as to who we think is there and then we'll um you know debate a little bit and and maybe you know talk about some of the guys who maybe just missed um do we both agree arkansas number one yeah okay for sure. all right 
Yeah, same. So my for mine, um, I've I've got uh, let's see, I've got Arkansas at one, Ole Miss at two, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, and then I've I've actually they haven't gotten as much love in the rankings in terms of you know where they are, but I I mean LSU was the first team to fourteen wins, so I had there I had them in there at number five. Maybe that's a little high. Um, I was like those two games that I watched them play um, were so impressive. And now I'm, now I'm realizing that I said UTSA, that was the team that LSU played, not, not Vanderbilt, but um, um, yeah, just those were some of the better games I've watched so far this season. So um, yeah, I know. I I agree with that list for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, I'm also going to have Ole Miss and Vanderbilt in mind. Those are those are pretty top teams. I'm also going to go with Florida and then UCLA. I think UCLA is a slept on team. Mm-hmm. They're traditionally um, pitching dominant. They they get a lot of very good pitchers. Uh, they have that again this year. Uh, baseball out in California is really good, so they're not playing easy competition. Um, another team that I think slept on is Miami. They're mm-hmm. obviously yeah. a big baseball school. They're very talented this year. They're just young. So um, each week they're getting better. I really like a couple of their freshman pitchers that they have, um, along with um, Adrian Del Castillo, Jonathan um, VR, um, very good offensive players for them. Uh, I think they'll be very good. And then a sleeper team, because we are in the Northeast. Um, I got to go with Boston College. Mm-hmm. They've gone up to a really good start. Um, their offense absolutely rakes. If you want to watch homers, if you want to watch some guys – Swing the bat. I uh, I would watch them. Yeah. Pitching side, it's you know it's a little iffy, but they get it done. But you know that lineup's one of the best in college, so they're another sleeper team. Yeah, they've been very good. Um, I, and and you know they snuck into the rankings. This well, they moved down a little bit. They had a couple of losses, but um, down to twenty four. I, I agree with you. I think they're a team to watch, especially from the Northeast. Like, you know, it's it's hard to play it really is hard to play baseball up here for the first month and a half of the season when you're playing until the weather gets warmer. Um, so there is part of that, but I, I kind of a team that I like to watch for, you know, coming up on those top five spots is Texas. I think they're a, they're a sneaky good team. Uh, yeah. Ty Madden, one of the uh, sophomore pitcher for them. He is nasty. Um, watching him pitch has been a lot of fun. There's a lot of elite pitchers this year, especially yeah. starters in college baseball. If yeah. you tune into a college baseball game this this year, especially on a Friday or Saturday night, and yeah. they're you know the teams are ranked, you're gonna get a you're gonna get at least one good, really good you know starting pitcher to watch in that game. Yeah, I don't know if you have ever watched the uh, the TV show True Detective. I have not. Okay, so I'll I'll explain this real quick. But True Detective is Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Great show. Oh. They, it's gotta they, be a great show with Matthew McConaughey. Absolutely, they do some. Uh, speaking of Texas, right? I, yeah. um, but they do a, um, you know, they they do an investigation, blah blah blah, and I won't get into too much detail because I don't want to be a spoiler. But um, there's a character uh, with the last name of Childress, and there are a lot of characters who I won't spoil it, but they're not the best people with the last name of Childress. Jonathan Childress, who's a pitcher for Texas A&M, who is currently tied for fifth in the nation in strikeouts. Um, I hope he's not related to that 
made on family. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Keep doing your thing and keep striking everybody out. But we, I got my eye on you because you know that's my show, and I'm I'm gonna, I'll, I'll stay. Uh, as our friend would say, I'm gonna stay dialed in with that a little bit. But um, uh, let's talk about. Um, speaking of, we talked. I mentioned it earlier. Did you have the chance to watch that LSU game? Yes. Okay. Oh my god. Unreal. I and and I thought and the funny thing was so they played that game for those of you that don't know LSU hit they twice hit game tying home runs in extra innings and then finally a walk off home run in I think it was the twelfth or the thirteenth inning, um, like <laughs> like I, I'm guessing that that might be a reason why it, as to why they're so low in terms of the rankings because they kind of obviously their pitching was not super great yeah um they do have one guy i I forget his first name his last name's hill he's their friday night guy jalen hill yeah 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 he's electric um they're i mean they're a pretty young team overall Mm -hmm. Um, but you know it's still college baseball so yes there's you know the kuma rockers the jack lighters the elite guys but for the most part you're not going to see guys won eight ERAs. You're going to see, you know, guys give up homers, give up walks. So, and, and I mean, they're LSU. They don't lack talent, talent. So they'll be okay. But um, that was, that was a really, that was like, if you were to describe college baseball to me in a game, that would be the game. Yeah. That show. Yeah. Very true. That's a really good point. I, their right fielder um, for LSU, Dylan Cruz, he has like his swing is so like beautiful and violent at the same time from the right <laughs> side. And he has like easy opposite field power. I could see like, I'm a couple years ahead. I think he's a freshman, but in, a freshman. in two years, I could see him being a very high first round draft pick because yeah, he was he, um, so impressive. Yeah. He was rated very high. I think he might've even been the, he was a top five player in his class coming in. I think so. Yeah. I was honestly surprised because I remember seeing him before. Um, it might've been a couple of years ago when he was, obviously he was still in high school and I was like, Oh shoot, that kid might be a first round draft pick out of high school. Um, so I was honestly kind of surprised to even see him at LSU. But um, speaking of good games, um, Texas tech um, back to back to back homers, they got within one, they tied it and they walked off UConn. I just love Texas Tech. Yeah. They, I mean, every year they rake. Yeah. Like, they're another team where if you want to see some homers, they play on a turf field. It's hot as hell in Texas. They get after it offensively. Um, they've got the the um, young kid at third, or I think it's, I think it's his last name. Um, he rakes. His older brother rakes. They all rake. Bottom line, if you want to watch some offense, Texas Tech is your team. Yeah. And, and they they also get some arms too. Um, mm-hmm. They they are traditionally you know they score a lot of runs, but they have some they have some really good arms, right-handed pitchers that throw hard. So, which is I mean that's why they're consistently an Omaha team. I don't know. Um, I believe it's three out of the past four years they've been to Omaha. Yep. So obviously they're a really good program, um, which you know it's it's why they're, they're one of those teams to me. They're like. I think about, I think about Vanderbilt and I, and you look at Vanderbilt and they're just, they're very like, 
they're not buttoned up, but they're very uh, professional, I guess, is what you would say. And then I look at Texas Tech, and they're just like these like these grinders, these guys who just like you look at them and you're like, okay. Like you can tell they're baseball players, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? I, it's hard 100%. to – 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're, I, they're not I like the – Like grease balls, just guys yeah. who are just going to grind it out. Yeah. Like you're going to get a good at bat. They're going to steal some bases. They might bunt. Um, and Jace Jung, who is the younger brother of Josh Jung, who yeah. was two years ago, uh, yep. last year or two years ago. Um, he was a first round pick, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, by the Rangers. Very, I think he was, he was uh, he was within 10 the picks? first 10 picks, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. One of his brothers, a very good hitter, yeah. They, they're, and he seems to be following in suit. They both freaking rake. Um, so. Yeah, so that I mean, unless you've got, do you have anything else college baseball related that you wanted to I mean, bring up? Not really. I think we, we covered it all. It's just you know, college baseball's been pretty electric lately, and uh, yeah. you know, if you're if you're a little tired of watching some spring training games that don't mean anything, college baseball is some uh, good stuff to watch on the weekends for sure. Yeah, absolutely, and we're hoping to you know, grow this following and do more college baseball. What we want to do is hopefully if we can get to that, have a, an interview with a college baseball player um, at least, or, you know, someone, but we're hoping to get some college baseball players on the show. Um, and then, um, you know, if we grow that following uh, have stuff like that and um, <clears throat> think that could give an interesting perspective. So um, I guess, Let's move on now to some major league baseball. Um, there, there are actually a couple of things that we can talk about. Um, I know one of them you brought up to me earlier today. Um, and this was about the Olympics. Oh man. I love me some Olympic baseball. Heck yeah. So what's the, I looked at that article that you sent me. So you, um, the Olympic qualifier is going to be in the U S June. In yep. Florida? So, okay. so basically um, this upcoming, upcoming Olympics baseball's back um, in Japan. And if you don't know, baseball is a huge sport in Japan. They love it out there. So they're having it again this year in the Olympics. Basically it's a six team tournament. So not that many nations will be there. Um, Japan is there because of the host team. Israel qualified because they won the European um, qualifiers. And then last or in the fall of 2019, there was a tournament called the Premier 12. It was between the Asian nations that play baseball and the Caribbean and American nations, um, which Mexico and South Korea qualified for the Olympics out of that. Um, the U.S. lost to Mexico in the bronze game, so they actually lost in a walk-off single in that game. So oh, wow. they will be hosting um, one of the two remaining qualifiers this year in June in Florida. Um, that will be one spot will be the winner of that goes the Olympics. And then the last qualifier is in Taiwan, I believe. It's also in June. And um, it is with Australia, China, Netherlands, Taiwan, and then the um, two highest teams from the Americas qualifiers that didn't um, finish first. Interesting. So, um, yeah. Okay. So how, so how is this going to work? So do we know, um, trying to do a quick scan here. So 
MLB and the Players Association, they haven't announced whether or not like major league players are going to be eligible for that, right? So most in most years that there's Olympic baseball, it's minor league players and top prospects because it's during the big league season. Right. They have yet, I mean, I most likely they're not going to pause the major league season for this, you know, especially a qualifier. Um, I, I saw the Adam Jones, who's playing in Japan. He's expressed interest in playing for the U.S. Um, so it's mainly going to be guys like that who are old veteran guys and then top prospects, which, um, you know, it's, it's still good quality baseball. Um, yeah. And it's a chance to chance to get some get to see some young guys play. I was going to say, I mean, that's good for a couple reasons. It's good and bad. You know, you want it. Obviously, you when you're trying to the spot baseball is in now, you're trying to market, you know, your star players. It's kind of tough to put, you know, to not want to have your best players in in the biggest sporting event in the world. But um, I definitely understand you don't want to halt the season. But on the other hand, having some of those prospects in there, that's a great way to grow awareness about, you know, for the minor leagues, if you have some of those guys in there. So I think that that's, that's yeah. a really good idea. I wonder would they use, like, what about college guys? Would they use that or is that is so, it during the college season? Well, 2008 was the last no, year that they, not, yeah, 2008 was the last Olympics that they had it. And the U S sent, it was mainly veteran players, um, minor league guys. And then I think Steven Strasburg was the only college player. And he had, I mean, it was, he had some insane season in college. I think he, that was the year before he was the number one pick. So he was pretty well-known guy. Um, but also to go off of the point, I, I do think it would be cool if they paused the season like the NHL does for the Olympics. Uh, because, you know, it'd be really cool to see like Shohei Otani pitching for Japan against Mike Trout in the U.S. Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, and I'm sure that I know sometimes, you know, the what people say about the World Baseball Classic is that the stars don't show up and play for their country. In August or July, when you have it, you're in the heart of the season and guys have been playing for a while. And it's the Olympics too. I, I really think that, you know, the Bryce Harpers, the Mike Trouts would play, get a chance to represent your country in the biggest stage in the Olympics. So, you know, I'm fine with it being young guys, but I do think it would be really cool if Major League Baseball ever considered pausing the season for that. And I think you make a good point when you say, you know, because the World ba- or yeah, the World Baseball Classic is it's kind of in the middle of spring training. So I kind of understand not wanting to, um, you know, put your your natural progression on on hold and just because I mean, really, if you think about you're getting ready to play in a in a world tournament, you kind of don't really have much of an off season, I'm guessing, because you have to stay in playing shape. So I, I I guess I kind of understand why not a lot of you know you don't get every one of the best players at each position going to play in that for each of the countries. But um, I think you're right. Being right in the middle of, of the season and everybody's in a groove and in their, you know, um, kind of in the swing of the season, I think that that would give a pretty good incentive to, you know, to have guys go and play. So I, and, and I think that MLB should consider that. Um, so that, that'll be interesting. I, I think, 
regardless, you know, whatever they decide to do, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome to have baseball in the Olympics because, um, you know, obviously, obviously soccer is the biggest sport in the world, but when you talk about, and I could be wrong on this, but when you talk about which country reaches or which sport, you know, reaches the most country, I mean, baseball is, it's, it's decently big in the U S it's huge in, um, the Dominican Republic and in, um, you know, Puerto Rico, uh, and it's huge in Asia too. Yeah. So it's just behind soccer and basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also one more quick point to add on to this. Um, if you're, I'm assuming you're a baseball fan, if you're listening to this, if you want a little, uh, you know, watch something on Olympic baseball, Back in 2000, when the Olympics were in Australia, they made a documentary on the whole Olympics thing. Oh. And I think part five of it was on the baseball in the Olympics. And it, I watched it. It was really, really cool. Mm. Uh, the manager was Tommy Lasorda. Um, oh, the U.S. Wow. won the gold medal. It was really cool. It was um, like 20-minute watch, I guess. I think it was. Um, but if you're a baseball fan and you like, you know, you want to watch something on Olympic baseball, highly recommend it. It was really cool to watch. Um, and plus we won the gold. So what's better than that? Heck yeah. That sounds awesome. I got to watch that. Where's, what is that on? Uh, I think just the Olympic um, YouTube like website. Channel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Something like that. But um, watch that. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. Yeah. That sounds great. I've been on that kick lately with um, baseball documentaries. Kind of. I, they've got a, like a ton of random ones up on YouTube and then they put, um, if you have Amazon Prime, they they have uh, that documentary up, Fastball. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Um, which is one of the best things I've I've watched. Um, and I don't know if you this was one I, ha- I actually had to watch for a class. Uh, Peloteros, have you seen that one? It's about yeah, Miguel Sano. Yes, I had to watch that for yeah. a class in the fall too. Yeah, yeah, that was a, really cool. That was really cool too. Um, anyway, moving on, we've got there actually before we do. Before we go into a little segment here, they've got a bunch of new rules that they're going to be testing out in the minor leagues. Um, have you seen this? I, I saw a little bit of it. All right, I'll, here I'll read them out to you, and then we could we could go over them. So they're splitting them up between the different levels. So Double A, they're keeping stuff the same at Triple A. Double A, they're testing out. This has to do with the shift. We can get into this. So they're saying all four infielders must have cleats within the dirt before each pitch. So that's the rule that they're doing in double A. High A, pitchers must step off the rubber to attempt pickoff. Interesting. Low A, two pickoff attempts per plate appearance. You're only allowed two pickoff attempts per plate appearance. 15-second pitch clock and an automatic ball strike system. So let's go up the list. We'll start with the low A rules. Um. Right off the bat, I don't like the two pickoff attempts per plate appearance. Yeah, I, I hate that. I'm not a fan of that. Well, because if you throw over twice, then the runner can just, you know, take it. I mean, he could a essentially just you take a huge lead. I mean, you can't throw over again. Well, I mean, so, and, and this is something that I didn't see this clarified at all because does it make it di- like if you can't throw over, can you still step off? You know what I mean? Like, can you just step off and look at him and check him back? I don't understand why you're trying to change that as a rule. I mean, baseball has been played this way for, you know, over a hundred years. It doesn't make any sense to change that. I mean, that's, that's pretty basic rule right there. So like, uh, it's pretty obvious that they're trying to 
to go with this um, this formula for pace of play. They're trying to speed that up. I like the pitch clock for that reason. I don't hate yeah. the pitch clock at all. They do a pitch clock with uh, no runners on base, 15 seconds. I think that's enough time. I'm trying to, th- you know, I'm trying to, th- I don't really, I don't count it. You want to speed head. up the game. Maybe not have commercials be five minutes in between innings. I mean, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so for the high A, pitchers have to step off the rubber for a pickoff yes. attempt. How are you going to pick anybody off? I don't know. I mean, that. But I don't, and, and that that part of it, like that, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, what's it the point? It seems like they're just trying to. It seems like they're just trying to like invent crazy ideas to you know speed the game up. But I mean, at the same time, you're you're just changing the game. You don't. And, and also, like, you know, I, I know this is the minor leagues, but still, I mean, these guys are being evaluated and stuff, and they're trying to make it to the big leagues. These are these are potential runs that could be added on to their ERAs because the guy, you know, let's say somebody throws over twice, now he can take a huge lead. Somebody hits the ball in the gap, he scores on the ball he shouldn't have. I mean, that's you're affecting your, you know, these are still stats that matter. So, yeah, I, I don't the like two that. Pickoff attempts is was the biggest. I mean, look, say what you want about the automatic ball strike system, like. I'm I'm a, I'm I'm indifferent to it. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It seems like it's going in the direction that it's going to happen. But like I, part of the beauty of baseball to me, and I might be an old like an old soul for saying this, but like I love the human element, yes, of baseball. And I know that it's just like, well, we have the technology to get it right, so why don't we just get it right? Yeah, I understand that. But there's also like part of the beauty of the game. Is I mean, you see in football now, part of what makes football so hard for me to watch, and I guess that's kind of ironic that I'm saying that defending baseball because a lot of people think baseball is boring, but like I'll watch a football game and I mean, the guy will make a catch by the, the sideline and they're just like, oh, immediately they review it. And they can, and any play, the guy will go towards the goal line He'll dive. It looks like he's short, but then they're like, no, 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 review it because he might have gotten an inch of the football on the white line before his knee touched, and we can review that. It's like, and then you take 15 minutes reviewing this play. You've gone to three commercial breaks. Yeah. It, oh, I know. And yeah, I totally, totally it's frustrating. get that. I, well, like you said, they have some good ideas, like the pitch clock. Yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah. But why are we trying to change the game? And the automatic strike zone, I don't like that. You know, it's, there's still a human element to the game. And, you know, I I think, I think fans and I think everybody, yes, you know, it would be nice to get it right every time, but it's still, I I feel like it would be weird. Like this is going to sound kind of, I don't know, but when, when there's an umpire behind the plate, one of the sides isn't going to agree with the call which kind of makes it more fun. Yeah. If there's, you know, some, if there's a computer saying it's a strike, then it's just like, well, I guess it was a strike. You know, there's nothing. Yeah. Right. Kind of takes some of the fun away from it. Right. But I mean, and then you think about it too. So my guess is what's going to happen. And I, I'm not, I'm, I'm just spitballing here, but I think there would still be an umpire behind the plate, but he's probably just going to have listening to it. Okay. Right. And they're just, they're just going to tell him strike ball. Uh, but then it's like, you can't, it's not 
constructive, but like part of the fun is like arguing balls and strikes. That's part of yeah. the game. That's just part of the game. Um, I, I mean, I just don't. Well, really all right. Know. So, so let's say, see, it, you know, it, it's all, yeah, it's, it's cool, but it's still like, like say there's a ball hit down the line and the lineup's got to make a call. You know, I, is he gonna, is he gonna call it, you know, fair or whatever. And then as soon as it plays over, they take five minutes and review it every time. Like, right. Exactly. Um, yeah. I don't want this to turn into football where every yeah. play is under review. And it, I, and it's like I said, I understand them wanting to get the call right every time because it's not easy to umpire, but I think everybody, very hard. I think everybody knows that. Yeah. I think everybody knows that. And if you're an umpire in the big leagues, you're really good at your job. Yeah. You know, I, I know we like to point out the obvious blown calls, but the facts are that there really aren't that many. Yeah. For how many games are played in innings and pitches thrown, they're really good at their job. That's why those blown calls stand out because there aren't. Yeah. There because aren't you're like, I can't believe he missed it, you know, because they don't exactly. ever miss it. Yeah. And, and it's also, but you think about too, I mean, if you blink, you'll miss a 95 mile an hour fastball. It's exhausting, like having to pay, like pay mm-hmm. that much attention to. And, and you're not, you know, when you're playing the game, you get breaks. You go in the dugout and you can sit down. Yeah. When you're an umpire. There's no breaks. I mean, between no. innings, there's a little break, but you're, you know, right back at it. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk about locked in. Those guys oh, are yeah. locked in for the whole oh, game. Yeah. yeah. David loved Gotta be. locked in. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dial in. Big um, locked in, guys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, but I, it, it's kind of annoying because, you know, we bring this up all the time, the speeding up the pace of play, but shit like this is going to make it go. You're shooting yourself in the foot kind of. So I don't know. I'm glad that this is just a test and they're just testing this stuff out because um, I don't think, I don't think big league players would play with those rules. I don't think so either. No, there's no way. There's no way. Justin Berlander is going to go out there and someone's going to tell him you can only throw it over the first twice. Right. There's just not, it's not happening. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the art of pitching is being able to hold. I mean, nobody really does it anymore because nobody steals, but still that is part of the art of pitching. You like knowing how to hold runners on efficiently um, because you like a stolen base in a close game in a playoff game is everything that guy getting into scoring position or not. I mean, we all know that Dave Roberts, that stolen base um, against the, that was against the Yankees. Um, yep, game four. Huge, huge. Um, and and I'm pretty sure that whoever was pitching threw over at least three times. Yeah, it was Mariano. Um, yeah, that's right. Mariano. Um, the last rule that we haven't talked about is, and this one has to do with the shift. Um, so, what are your thoughts on this? So, I mean, this is just the main, this is just the simple explanation before each pitch, every infielder have to have, has to have their cleats in the dirt. Uh, yeah, it's a good idea. You know, I, I don't think I hate it to be honest with you. Um, I think if you're going to get rid of the ship, you just tell them, you know, you can't, there has to be two infielders on each side, basically. Yeah. Um, it's it's not a bad start. It's not a bad idea. 
but uh, I think Major League Baseball either has to allow shifts or they have to say, look, you can only have two infielders on each side. That's it. No shifting, no, no putting guys in you know, right or shallow right field. Yeah. Uh, because in a way you can still shift people. They just have to be in the infield. So um, it's kind of the in-between way of handling it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough because I mean, I, with having, if you have to have all four infielders having their cleats on the, it within the dirt before each pitch, you're probably not going to put another infielder on the other side because that's just, I mean, what are you going to build a wall on that side of the infield? That's just, yeah. that kind of takes away the, I mean, just having Perfect one more guy isn't really going to, I don't know. I, I think that it's kind of a weird way to go about it because you, I mean, playing it's not uncommon to see a shortstop or a second baseman play deep. Yes. Like no, a third right. baseman even play deep to protect, to, you know, not have anything hit down the line. Um, well, I mean, the, it, it, it will get, I mean, as long as they're in the infield dirt, it should, you know, cause a lot of the hits are taken out. away or the balls in, uh yeah, the balls in a <laughs> shallow right field and the balls at the middle. Yeah. So, I mean, you're taking one of those away at least. I, yeah, I, I, Lindor talked about it again, um, about the shift. I mean, he was just like, he doesn't think that the shift should, he doesn't like the shift. He's just like, let me play really. Um, well, I, I mean, when you're that athletic and you can cover yeah, basically the whole infield. It is true. But I mean, when you think about it, um, it does take away a little bit of that. I heard, I heard another kind of, um, argument against the shift. And it was like, uh, it was bust. It was actually Buster Posey who said this in an interview. And he was saying how he's like, he thinks about his shortstop, Brandon Crawford, who, you know, if there's a ground ball hit up the middle, Crawford's got a chance to make a diving play and throwing over to first. Whereas like, if you're in the shift, it's just a routine ground ball. Cause he's already there. Now there's two sides to that. In my opinion, I think that, <clears throat> I think like he makes a good point because diving plays and, and, you know, stuff like that is, is awesome because it's exciting, but I don't think that's the reason that you're going to get rid of the shift so that there can be more diving plays. Um, no, you're not, you're getting rid of the shifts so with more hits. Yeah. You know, which I mean, I would be all for, I think it's, still a little pathetic that they would have to do that, that big league hitters can't slap a ball down the line or bunt a ball to get a base hit. Um, it, it is true. I, but you think about that too. And I'm, and I'm totally on your side when you say that, but there's also like to play devil's advocate guys are throwing harder now than they ever are. So, I mean, it's easier said than done when you're facing a guy who's just, you know, yeah, guy after guy who's throwing in the high nineties and you're just like, all right, all I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tap this to the other side. And they're going to be busting you inside if they're shifting. Exactly. You know, whatever, wherever they're shifting to, that's where they're going to be pitching to. So, yeah, you know, it, it's tough. It, it is because you think about um, the shift has basically eliminated your ability to hit the ball on the ground. Really, because and it's like you said, because if you 
you know, they're going to shift you to your pull side and then they're going to bust you inside. So it's eliminated your ability to hit the ball on the ground. That's why. And then you're just like, well, my only option is to hit the ball over the shift, which usually is over the fence. So, you know, it, it's kind of a, um, it's an endless cycle and it, there's almost no, there's no right answer. I think you said this in a, a couple episodes ago, but Part of me believes that, too, that baseball m- will fix itself over time. Um, yeah. Well, it typically does. I mean, baseball, like anything, like life, it goes in cycles. Yeah. Um, and Frank Ocean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I do think it'll come back around because and it's, it'll probably start with the minor leagues where teams will look for guys that can hit the ball to all fields. And that are just good overall hitters that don't have to be shifted. But well, my idea is I think it could even go lower than that. Where I, and I and I don't want like I don't really watch. I don't go and watch little league games. Not a creep, but you know. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I was gonna say I hope you're not, man. No, you can't just be seen around a little league field. No, but um, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, like. I wonder how long it takes before and the little league world series how long till they start shifting oh my god you know what i mean but but think about it like if that starts to happen then it then it really is starting at the bottom where kids are going to be like all right Dude, well, if you're if you're a dad it. and you're having your team shift at 12 years old you're taking the game a little too serious you want to win i just want to the ice cream after the game man that's all i want yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, that's like that's like a bigger point that I was I was talking to my grandpa about this. Um he he was like and also one of my coaches in travel ball in high school said the same thing. Um he was like during a game he was just like you guys just don't have any natural baseball instinct. Like let me explain. He like like some stuff that when, well, okay. Before I ramble on here, when he was younger, he told me that, you know, guy, like me and all my friends, we would go to the sandlot after school. We would go to a baseball field, no coaches, no parents. It was just us. And we would go and play baseball for hours. And that was where like, like you like learn and you, yeah. well, you learn the fundamentals with, you know, you do that with your practicing or with a coach or something like that. But he said, I learned the game with my friends. And like, I learned the game by playing the game, not by going to showcases, not by going to one-on-one lessons, stuff like that. Um, and that, my grandpa said the same thing. He's just like, I know, like I see guys in my grandpa's like, I see guys in professional baseball now who will make a like mental mistakes. And you're just like, what are you like? He's like this, I grew up knowing this shit kind of. So that's one of the reasons why I wish I grew up in that era, man. That I know. like fun. I know. Man, I know. I would love to ride my bike and, you know, go play some baseball for five hours on a Saturday with my friends. But Exactly. Give me – I want all my skill that I have now, but in, like, the 50s. I think I'd be a I – I might yeah. be in the pros. Oh, yeah. Be, like, a yeah. like a low-end reliever, like one of the junk ballers. Yeah. And I'm not saying why I'm not, man? up there, but – Why not, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, but no, but it, but it makes a lot of sense. 
And that's just not how the game is played now with travel teams and showcases and, and scouting. And yeah. Everything. It's all about how hard you hit the ball off the tee and how hard you throw off the mound. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, there's no real, yeah, you're, you said it perfectly that, you know, the little things you learn. And it, the thing I think where it, where it gets highlighted the most is base running. Base yeah. running oftentimes is so much about your instincts and your gut, what it tells you. You see guys in the big leagues and college all the time, they'll make a base running mistake or an error. And you're like, like, what were you thinking, man? Yeah. You know, like they'll, t- they'll try and tag up on a, on a shallow five ball or they won't take an extra base when they should have. And, and the one guy though, in major league baseball that always, you know, you always hear like, wow, he has such great instincts is Javi Baez. Yes. With base running, you just see it, you know, he just, his instincts are amazing. He always, as soon as that ball hits dirt or, you know, his slides, um, he's obviously played a lot of baseball. Yeah. And it's kind it's funny how like good base running really stands out nowadays. I I could shout out uh, my freshman year um, uh, to my teammates who are now playing. They're they're playing pro right now. uh, Sam and Webb little watching them run the base. They had natural baseball instincts and watching them run the bases was something where you're just like, like, damn, it was so impressive. Um, but yeah, no, it's true that that art of it is kind of is dead in a sense. Um, and it's crazy because it's such a big part of the game, too. You know, it's you score, you know, yeah, you can run yourself out of innings. So, baseball is a game of inches, and base running means everything in that. And it, it, it does, and it really doesn't anymore. And we talk about it all the time it's walks, strikeouts, and home runs. And you know, I hope in the next couple of years we can see some of that start to shift who knows if these rules will have an impact on that they may they may they may not um so it'll be interesting to see but i know for the last segment what i wanted to do is i called it um all in or pump the brakes so there there have been some spring training performances that have been eye-popping to me um the first one we've talked about him before shohei otani he hit another three homers since we last talked um are we all in oh we are all in on show okay good yeah um his pitch his pitching was kind of shaky yeah he's he's kind of i mean he's still you can tell he's like a little rusty still but man his glimpses his stuff is electric so he's just got to fine-tune his control a little bit but man at the plate he looks locked in yes swing looks very good. So that's swing that's exciting. effortless. Oh yeah. And he's, he's just, um, his power is unbelievable. Yeah. And it really just like, I, I think that if he, we talked about this earlier, but if he pitches, you know, if he gives you 15 starts and then hit, you know, if he's a, basically if he's a three win player at each, each position, I know Mike Trout's a 10 win player every year. Give him the MVP though. Yeah. That, I mean, oh, that's Shohei's Shohei's potential is unreal. Yeah, because he's a he's an all star level hitter, and he I really do believe he's an all star level pitcher too. So to have that is just it's insane. But you know, let's hope he can uh, he can put it together for a season because that would be awesome to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my next one is so we're all I'm I'm with you. We're all in on Shohei Otani. Um, Bobby Dahlbeck of the Red Sox. Um, this guy is in 10 games, four home runs, 
eight RBIs and he's hitting 304. No, I'm not all in. Not all in? Okay. Yeah, it's spring okay. training. He's a really good player, but I don't think he'll be anything extraordinary this season. His, his stats are eerily similar to Aaron Judge. Yeah, it's spring Like training. very, very similar. He's got a his, – his chase rate is a little bit higher. Um, he, it, they compared his, um, his numbers with, <clears throat> with judges numbers when they were first like kind of coming in and they're very similar now. I, and now obviously like the judge cut his strikeout rate, like in half when he won rookie of the year, but, and well, Mr. Dahlbeck, uh, a little college baseball here. He was a great player at Arizona, a little two way action. He was a very good pitcher. Took him mm-hmm. to the world's college world series final. He lost the coastal that year, but. Oh, look at you. He's had a hell of a career. Coming in with some knowledge. Heck yeah. Round draft pick. That's right. Um, okay. So, you know, and I, and I was, I was leaning the same way, but I'm, I'm all in on Bobby Dahlbeck, man. Hey, I love his swing. He's got opposite field power, which I think is going to play really well at Fenway. He's going to have decent protection in that lineup. I think he'll see some solid pitches to hit. I could, and I'm, I could see him hitting 35 home runs. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It. And that lineup's really good, too. So he'll it's be batting lower in the order. Plus, he's a rookie, so he'll get some fastball early on, probably. <clears throat> That's what I'm thinking. Um, the next two are both pitchers. One of them is Shane Boz, and one, and the other one is Mitch Keller. Both have flashed elite stuff. I'm all uh, – what do you think? Well, we'll start with Shane Boz. Uh, I'm not all in on him. Oh. I, I, I mean, he's he looks really good, electric stuff, but I my gut just tells me that – yeah, I have to see it in the regular season first. Interesting. So is it is um I'm all in on Keller though. I really Keller. like Mitch Keller. Yeah. yeah. He's um okay. he's been a top prospect for the past three years. I think this is his year to really break out. Oh, interesting. I was honestly the other way around. I'm all in on Boz and I'm and I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on Keller. And the only reason I think Keller's stuff is fantastic, he's on the Pirates. Yeah. I almost see him in a, in sort of a Tyler Glasnow situation where yeah. like they uh, they're like, I, I just don't think he's in the position yeah. to have. Oh, and yeah, I agree. Defense, I don't, I, I don't know a lot about the pirates defense, but just like you got to, that offense has to score you some runs, you know? Yeah. It's well, a tough he, situation. He's shown glimpses of being, I remember last year against the Cardinals, he threw three, or, uh, six no-hit innings, I believe. So he's shown glimpses of what he can be. But I, I kind of agree with you there. I could see him being a glass now where he kind of shows his potential and goes somewhere else and really shines. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you don't. I don't want to wish that on him. But I, I like the position that Shane Boz is in with the Rays. There's just something about the way that they um, – and Boz comes from the Pirates too. Forget Everybody comes that. from the Pirates. <laughs> Glasnow and Buzz came from the Pirates. Um, God, the Pirates just... Pirates just can't get out of their own way, man. <laughs> they really can't. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, okay, so we flipped on that. Are we all in or are we pumping the brakes on Pete Alonzo's spring? We're all in because I love me some Pete Alonzo. He's a beast, so why not? I'm all, you know I'm all in. You know, I'm all in now and I'll back it up a little bit too. When Pete Alonzo uses the opposite field, that is when he's hit. And I'm not comparing him to David, Wright, But that was when you knew David Wright was on 
when he was using the opposite field. Same with Michael Conforto. He's another another example of that. I mean, you could say that with all hitters, but really with with Pete. And he hit a home run today and just I mean, he looks very he just looks very comfortable. Plus he's a great guy. Um yeah. he's the face of that team. Also, I think you've talked about this a little bit. I I think he didn't have as bad of a season last year as people think. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he was still on pace to hit 45 homers in a full season last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. And I, I bet you if he plays a full season, he gets his average up to 245, 250. So, yeah. yeah. And I think we, you know, we talked about this too. I, I don't think anybody's expecting him to hit for a high average. He's there to hit home runs. Yeah. I do no? think he'll hit about 270 this year. I could see that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, next one is Corey Seeger. Oh, guy's got five, he's got five home runs in his last four games or something like of course. that. Yeah. Well, that guy does is it. Why not? You know, I get now. I, and I, and I was going to, I was thinking you were going to be all, all in on this as well. So I guess I'll, I'll change the question. Could Corey Seager be an MVP? Are we all in on that? 100% okay. Corey Seager, yeah. if he's healthy, is an MVP yeah. candidate. I think last year in the playoffs, he showed that key for him is just staying healthy. He's had trouble with that. But um, when he's healthy, the dude rakes. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In every sense of the word, he hits the ball hard. He makes contact. He makes hard contact. It's Francisco Lindor said that he is the best hitting shortstop in baseball. I mean, that's very high praise. Yeah. Um, I mean, the way he played in the playoffs last year, I'm not going to argue that. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And and I, I remember when, I've been following Seager since he like was coming up through the minors. I was actually at his major league debut in San Diego, which was very wow. cool. Signed a baseball for me. Yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah. That's a show yes. move right there. He, that guy is huge. Yeah. He's like he's, six, five, right? Yeah. He's six, five. He is massive in person. Yeah. Um, it, like he's an incredibly impressive athlete. athlete. Yeah. Just, yeah. So smooth at shortstop too. His swing is beautiful. Man, yeah, he he got his first hit in that game. It was a double. I gave him a standing ovation. It was just me up up in the upper deck, but um, I'm sure he appreciated it. I'm sure he did at his major league debut. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm. I man, yeah, he's just an impressive. He's an impressive hitter. Um, last one here. Uh, are we all in? Or are we pumping the brakes? I'm I'm thinking of like I'm picturing the like car squeaking in my head right now, or the record record scratch. Kansas City Royals are twelve and three in spring training. I know spring training re- training records mean nothing. Are we all in? I am. I am not. Well, you know what? Yeah, I'm all in. I love the Royals. Okay. I love this team. I think they're a sneaky good team. They're not going to make the playoffs, but I really like the young players. Bobby Witt Jr. is playing so well that they might need to. I know they're not going to call him up due to the uh, whole um, years of control, but whether it's may or whatever, that dude needs to be in the big leagues. He's just crushes baseballs. Um, so I'm all hit, in on them. You don't just hit 484 foot homers. Like you don't yeah. just run into those. No, that, yeah. And he's hit, he said, I think three right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they keep running him out there. So, um, Plus, they're just all around. I mean, they, they signed Carlos Santana. That was a sneaky good sign. Um, Brad Keller's really good. Brady Singer. So, they, yeah. you know, they Whit Merrifield's obviously their guy. 
Um, I'm all in on them. I, I say that they could even win 85 games this year. I could see it. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah. always root for the underdog. Why not? You know, let's go, Kansas City. Hell yeah. I mean, we talk about, you know, um, what's it called? Uh, spring training records. They don't, you know, they don't mean much. But sometimes it's cool to see, uh, and, and especially a team that we've we've talked about a lot as kind of our our little dark horse team, where they're not, you know, in the sense that they're not going to be as bad as people think. I don't I don't believe um, they got a good manager, a lot of talented young players. They're going to have a pretty good pitching staff soon. So, um, yeah, I, I think we're we're looking at some some wins from the Royals this year. So. Um, you got anything else? I think I've been going for about a, close to an hour. About an hour, yeah. No, no, I covered a lot today. It's been I fun so as always, but um, yeah, no, I, I'm good. Yeah, and I can confirm. Um, I'm not sure exactly when, but for our next episode, we will have an interview with um, former first round pick. Well, he's still in the still playing now. First round pick from 2015, Garrett Whitley of the Tampa Bay Rays. So we are going to actually have, um, we'll be fortunate enough to have him sit down with us for a couple minutes. Um, so go through his story, ask him some questions and, uh, yeah, so that should be, that should be exciting. But, um, yeah, until then, thank you guys for tuning in. Remember to follow us on Instagram at infield dirt, post some college baseball content, some MLB content, um, I never introduced myself at the beginning of these and it's almost too late now. My name's Casey and I'm with Matt Chase. I always say your name at the beginning. I know you do. At least they know one of us. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, like I said, thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you guys next time. Thank you very much.